Park Hopping Podcast number 62, The Lost Kilimanjaro Safaris. Celebrating 11 years of posting Disney stuff on the internet. This is another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan of DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 62, the podcast that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that anyone can have their own podcast. Hey folks, quick interruption here. This episode was actually supposed to have been posted back in May, but for some reason I didn't do it. So in uh, the previous episode where I kept saying things like, didn't I already tell you this, but I I couldn't find any proof that I had, it's because there's this missing episode that I never got around to posting. So long story short, here it is now. I've changed the number and made a couple of quick edits. Uh, Deal with it. It's just a podcast. Uh, Excuse the further redundancy. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, we listened to Steps in Time in California, even though this episode should have been heard before that. Today on the Park Hopping Podcast, you, you know that thing that I always say at the end of these shows about be sure to take an extra picture and shoot some extra video because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate may go away and never be around again? Well, if you do, congratulations on being one of the few who actually listen to the very end. I guess you don't have a skip button on your iPod or whatever. Well, recently I've had the need to explore my own video and photo archives for various things, and out of curiosity, I decided to look at the most viewed photo in my DisneyFans.com gallery for the previous month of April 2007. It was, oddly enough, a rather boring picture of the back corner of Disneyland's Critter Country taken in 2000. I'm not sure what prompted me to take that picture, but it showed a themed side of the Splash Mountain show building in some kind of backstage access gate, and for whatever reason, there were hundreds of folks looking at this particular photo. Eh, whatever, it's the internet. Then I decided to see what the second most viewed photo was. To my surprise, it was a picture of the same area of Critter Country taken in 2005. Now, this seemed to be a rather strange coincidence, so I did a quick web search and found that someone over in the Mice Chat forums had posted a link to those two photos asking folks about the greenery on Splash Mountain. I think they were working on a 3D model of the attraction or something, and they wanted to know if the moss growing on the mountain was always there, or if it was something added later, or if it just grew naturally. Uh, That was really the only difference between those two photos. One had a lot of extra greenery growing around it. I guess I was just glad one of my obscure photos had been of use to someone. So now if you see a Splash Mountain 3D rendering down the line and the uh, moss is really accurate, maybe it came from my picture. Probably not, though. But now I was even more curious. Now, I did another search, and this time specifically looking for references to my photos, and I found dozens and dozens of posts in the same forum pointing to various pictures and sections of DisneyFans.com. It also seemed that whenever a discussion about Disneyland versus the Magic Kingdom came up, someone would post a link to my old ancient comparison page. Now, if you haven't seen that, you can find a link from the main news page of DisneyFans.com. Basically, it's a series of pages with side-by-side photos of an attraction or area found at each of these parks with a bit of text describing the similarities and differences. It's quite a bit out of date now, so maybe I'll find some time to update it this year if people are going to keep looking at it. Now, this reminds me of something I discovered a few years ago. A former Disney animator had linked to one of my sites as an example of places to go for photos for inspiration. And I recently spoke to one of the operators of our local Iowa Adventureland Park and found out that they also had used some of my photo galleries. Apparently, they'd send some links to some of my galleries to uh, companies designing t-shirts or similar merchandise for them. It was an easy way for them to show what a specific ride looked like, I guess. That's pretty neat. 
I may also have mentioned how Disney themselves used one of my photos taken from Yesterland.com for one of their eBay auctions a few years ago. And of course, there are dozens of Disney fan sites that make use of my photos with permission, usually. And it's always fun to find out that people are actually looking at them. Now, during my searching, I also found many references pointing to some photos I took of the old Rocket Rods attraction at Disneyland, which operated from 1998 to 2000. If you're wondering what the coincidence was, well, I had just found video I forgot I took of this ride and was getting it together for an upcoming video podcast. A three-minute teaser video showing one of these sections of the pre-show queue video featuring Walt Disney himself has now been posted to the new Park Hopping Video podcast feed. These videos are done in an iPod and Apple TV compatible format, and you can subscribe by searching in iTunes or visiting anothercrappypodcast.com. Just to be annoying and redundant, I'll also give you the direct address, feeds.feedburner.com slash video. Are you taking notes? Did you write that down? I didn't think so. Why do we bother? Am I the only one who wonders why us podcasters give out all these details and different addresses when all the listeners should need is just one web address and that should provide links to anything else they're looking for? I mean, is anyone out there listening to these shows with a pen and a paper writing down notes? If you are, just make a note of that and let me know later. Now, speaking of video, I'm almost done importing all my Disney videos. I found several hours of Disneyland video I shot in 3D, and now I have a new, much faster way to convert it to the old-school red and blue anaglyph stuff. You know, the stuff where you wear those cardboard red and blue glasses like they used for Spy Kids 3D, or the DVD release of Sheck 3D. I'll be completely redoing my Park Hopping 3D video podcast uh, soon and adding a ton of new clips, and the plan is to put them out in much larger resolutions for Apple TV and iPods. And speaking of 3D, I finally went to see Meet the Robinsons in Disney Digital 3D. I didn't even know we had any theaters in Des Moines that were set up to show 3D films until recently. It looks like we now have four theaters that have been upgraded for these kind of presentations, and the experience was great. The quality was very much like a Disney theme park 3D movie. I was really surprised at how good the 3D was, and I even liked Meet the Robinsons, which had so much random humor in it that, well, you know, it's just one of those types of films. I guess it's my personality that that enjoyed it. If you like 3D, be sure to check it out. And if you've seen 3D in a theater in the past few years and didn't like it, be sure to check the new stuff out. It's much better than what they did for Spy Kids and, you know, the old stuff. And speaking of checking out things, today on the Park Hopping Podcast, we'll be checking out another opening year attraction that has been changed recently, though just barely. On April 22nd, 1998, Walt Disney World opened Disney's Animal Kingdom. It was a monumental theme park on many levels. It was larger than anything they'd built before. About 200 acres larger than Epcot, which was in turn larger than the Magic Kingdom, which was in turn larger than the original Disneyland. This place was so big that one attraction, the Kilimanjaro Safaris, was actually larger than the entire Disneyland or Magic Kingdom parks. At 110 acres, the safari ride took, uh, gosh, it took about a fifth of the total 500 acres that the entire Animal Kingdom Park itself used. I mean, this park was big. The park was beautiful. And the park has had a bunch of big and sometimes beautiful changes made to it since it opened less than 10 years ago, including several done to the flagship safari ride. In fact, some of the changes were made even before I got to see it during the initial year of operation. Now, for the West Coasters and others out there who've never made it out to Walt Disney World, or to certain friends of mine in New Jersey who have, but just have never gone to all the parks... 
This ride is simply a recreation of riding through an African safari in a large vehicle. You drive around, look at animals, take pictures, and maybe even learn something. It's pretty simple, but very cool. It takes about 20 minutes to ride through the safari, and every trip can be a little bit different depending on what animals are out and about when you drive past. For that reason, anyone who actually likes looking at animals probably should ride it more than once it, and take lots of pictures and shoot some extra video. But, but I digress. With the recent updating of the driver's narration script and a slight repositioning of the final scene, which features an animatronic baby elephant, I figured now was as good a time as any to share the audio of my safari adventure from November 7th, 1999. Since our vehicle has arrived, I think it's time to get underway. Watch your arms and legs on the right as the door shut, okay? Now, for all of you who have any... And you know what, folks? I can tell you right now we'll be hitting plenty of rough road. So be ready. Now, all of you taking photos or video, make sure you guys hang on to your cameras very tightly. Promoter Reserve doesn't allow us to stop the vehicle to pick up cameras or anything else that has fallen out, so make sure you guys hold on to all your expensive items very tightly. Also, while removing everyone, I do ask you to all please remain seated and to not lean out of the vehicle. We'll be passing through a lot of rough brush, and some of those bushes have very long thorns, long enough to leave permanent marks. I know you guys don't want any permanent marks. <laughs> some thorns. Okay, now I'm going to pause here for just one more moment so we don't get dust from the vehicle that just left. Harambe Wildlife Reserve was established in 1971 to protect local wildlife. Unfortunately, though, poachers still go after our elephants, so the reserve is patrolled by wildlife wardens. Now, I'm always in radio contact with our airborne warden. He's somewhere up in the sky today, maybe. I might check in with him later. You never know. But for now, is everyone ready? Yeah! Okay, good. And as we say here in Harambe, day, let's go. Okay, everyone, now, guess what? We're officially inside of the reserve now. If you guys look over to our left, right over to our left, there's a Niala. That is a male Niala right there. Over to our right, there's blue birds there. Those are Stanley Crane, the national bird of South Africa. And right over to our right, there's very tall birds there. Those are saddle-billed stork. They are the second tallest stork here in Africa. Okay, now... If everyone looks across the watering hole there, you know what? I see some black rhino. Black rhino can weigh up to 3,000 pounds and charge at speeds of 35 miles an hour. Black rhino may seem indestructible, but they've been hit hard by poaching. There's less than 2,500 black rhino left in all Africa. That's not very many for as large as Africa is. Now, all of you snapping pictures back there, make sure you guys snap them quick because I'm not allowed to stop the vehicle for pictures. I can slow down and will slow down, but no stopping. So be ready with your cameras. Off in the back, guys, if you look, 
you might be able to see portions of some animals. Those are bongo. Back there. You know what? It sounds like the reserve's airborne warden is up in the air right now. Simba one, two warden Wilson Matua, are you making the rounds today? Over. Yes, Simba one. Yes, today I have a passenger. Miss Johnson, my favorite wildlife researcher. Come jumbo, everyone. We're at Safi River, heading north to the savannah. If you have any wildlife spotting tips, we'd love to hear them. Over. Roger, Simba one. We'll do. Over. All right, everyone, now over to our right. You guys are very, very, very lucky. I said that three times because there are three hippos out of the water. Now, those are not hippopotamus. It's rare that they're out of the water. They spend most of their day in the water. Otherwise, there's very large bodies over here. As you can see, there are plenty more over in the water down there. An adult hippo can stay submerged in the water for as long as eight minutes. Wilson, we're crossing that bridge right now, and yes, we see plenty of crocodile. It also looks like they see us. Yikes, those are not crocodile. They get much larger than American alligator, up to 20 feet long. You know what, they make me nervous. You guys don't mind if I get out of here, man. is a great view of the savannah. But first, coming up is one of the reserve's finest layabout trees. This tree in front of us is estimated to be over 1,000 years old. Right now the baobab tree is leafless, but typically baobab trees only have leaves three months out of the year. Savannah in front of us, everyone, is part of the Serengeti grassland system. Wildebeest and zebra migrate through it, while lion, antelope, and elephant live here year-round. It's part of the wild Africa we're all working to save. Zimbabwe, I see you down there. You are in bush country. Drive carefully. I don't want to bump into my animals. You should begin to see a wide variety of grass-eating animals around you. Thanks, guys. We'll check in with you later. Over. As we're coming down that hill, back there, everyone, I did see a few articulated giraffe. Over to our left, if you guys look right at that, at those brush right there. A little further back, once we get a little further ahead, you might be able to see them. That's an Apollo right there. Over to our left. I wonder what it's doing alone. They usually travel in groups or herds. 
Now these tall cones of earth are passing by here. Very tall one right here. We'll find out in a minute. Those are termite mounds. There's a few more down to our left. Elephants like to use them as scratching posts. And when the mounds are worn down, antelope use them as lookout posts to search for any predators such as lions or cheetahs hidden in the tall grass. If you guys look around the savannah, you'll see plenty of giraffes. Pretty good look at those in just a second. Here's some. Right over to our right. Those are reticulated giraffe. They are the tallest animals on earth. They can reach heights of 18 to 20 feet tall. When a giraffe is born, it already reaches a height of 6 feet tall. That looks like a younger giraffe right there in the open there. If you guys look further up on the savannah, there are also some other animals other than the reticulated giraffe. Right down here, lying in the water, is an ostrich. Further up on the savannah, I see some Thompson's gazelle, along with some Patterson's elan. And coming up on our right, if we get a, if we can get a better look, there are some sable antelope. I don't know. I think they're right behind that rock there. But if you guys look further up, up there on the savannah, those are Thompson's gazelle, those small animals up there. Now, just on the other side of this very large rock here, to our left, we often see mandrel baboons. So if you guys want to look closely among the rocks and tree branches, you might be able to spot a few. There we go. And there's some. Right down to our left. <laughs> now, we're entering elephant country as well, everyone. Hopefully you'll get to see our two most famous residents. Symbol one to Wilson Matua. Any clues on the whereabouts of Big Red and Little Red? Over. I have not seen them today. Try the red clay pit. Big Red is the elephant matriarch of the reserve's herd. She gave birth a while ago to a new calf. He just bathed in the same red clay pit as his mama. So I named him Little Red. Elephants are wonderfully social creatures. They have moods, sympathies, and emotions. Over. Okay, well, you could slightly see an African elephant over to our right. Not a very good look. So let's go see if we can find a better. 
feeling of the elephant. Uh oh. You guys see this? I don't know. It looks like another old bridge. This one doesn't look sturdy though. So could everyone back there please cross your fingers for me? Just until we cross the bridge. Just cross your fingers for me. Hang on just in case. I don't like the sound of this at all. No one make any sudden movements. Just make them. That was too close for comfort. Now, I want to know, who back there did not cross their fingers like I asked you all to? Uh-oh. I'm disappointed in you guys back there. I politely asked you to cross your fingers. Okay, Wilson, we're at the red clay pit. We see plenty of tusk marks and footprints, but no big red. We'll continue east of the watering hole. Over. Okay, let's see if we can go find ourselves some African elephants. I think I spotted one. Sell, sell. Well, so we'll pick you up when we can. Over. Okay, everyone. Now, I'm just going to see what's playing on the radio. Still a little tense after that bridge. I need something to relax. There we go. Over to our right, if you guys look. Line down there, those are white bearded wildebeest. And straight ahead of us, everyone, if you look, coming up is an African elephant. A better look, much better look than that one we saw earlier. Hopefully, he'll stay right there so you guys can give a good look. African elephant can live as long as 70 years old and weigh up to 12,000 pounds. Down to our left in the watering hole, those are greater flamingo. And over to our right, those are the Thompson's gazelle I pointed out earlier. Very small animals. As adults, they weigh no more than around 60 pounds. Yes, go ahead. I've got a report about a suspicious jeep near Gringo Coffees. Keep a lookout for it. Roger Wilson, we're not far from the coffees now. Over. Okay, over to our right. There, that granule there. That's a water buck. Over to our left, everyone, if you look. Those are scimitar horned oryx. Those horns on the scimitar can grow as long as 42 inches. And hidden amongst some reeds right here over to our right, everyone. That's a more gazelle. There's a few of them up there. 
There's another one down to our left. Oh, what do you know? Up to our right, everyone. Those are white rhino. And you guys, I don't know, you guys, if you look over to the left, there's a few cheetah lying down under the shade, in the shade over there. So look to either side. See him under there in the shade? And those trees back there a little bit. Some cheetah. There, they, they got up there. It looks like they see something. I don't know. There's another one up there. You guys see it? He's sitting up back there. They blended pretty good. Similar one to Wilson. We're at the coffees, and there's nothing suspicious here. Over. Roger Wilson, over. Okay guys, if you spend most of your time looking for those cheaters, here's another look at those white rhino. White rhino are much more sociable than the black rhino, which is nice. Okay, everyone, now, looks like there's some warthog bros down to our left, and a few warthogs up there under that tree right there, you guys see them? Warthogs are the largest burrowing mammals here in Africa. Calling water Utua, over. What do I hear? There are ivory poachers in the reserve. They shot Big Red. She is wounded. What about Little Red? No word yet. Where was he last seen? Magadi God. Okay, you head there. Roger. Simba one. I am landing at Magadi Gorge to block off the east end. If you come in from the west, we could charm them. Please, the one, we need your help. Did you guys hear that? Is everyone up for helping Wilson stop the poachers? Yes! yes. All right, count us. And Wilson, we're on our way. Just need to make sure everything's okay on here, everyone. Yep. You know what? Everything looks fine. Let's go see if we can give Wilson a hand with those poachers now. Similar one to Wilson, we're at the crossroads. The gate's been smashed through. Keep going, Zimmerman. We are landing now. All right, everyone, we are now actually in the So if you want to please keep your eyes and ears open for any poachers for me. And hang on. Zimmerman, we spotted the poachers. Hang it. Watch them for us. Wilson, hang on, everyone. Hey, hey. Oh, guys, the poachers, watch out. Hang on. All right. 
Do you guys think I cut him off? Okay. Good. You know what? I think we found the poachers' camp as well. I don't know. I don't see the poachers. Let's see if I cut him off anywhere but ahead. Is Little Red safe, Warden? Great job, Warden. There you see, my one. I have to deliver a baby elephant back to his mama. Asante, Sano. You're a blind. Nice, blind. Thank you. Sure, guys, I'm just glad we could help out. Over. Okay, well, Asante, Sano, everyone, that means thank you. Thanks for helping save Big Red and Little Red. Now, I'll be letting you off at the Warden Post. From there, it's just a short walk to Pangani Forest Exploration Trail, or back into the village of Harambe. I hope you guys had a great safari. Did everyone have a good safari? Yeah! Yeah, good! Good, that's what I like to hear. Okay, well thanks for touring with Kilimanjaro Safaris, everyone. We made it. Great job. Okay, everyone, make sure you guys grab all of your belongings and watch your arms as the doors open to your right. Ho! Okay. Have a great day here in Harambe, everyone. Um, are, are we back? Are we... Oh. <clears throat> Welcome back. I hope someone enjoyed that. I, I still maintain that listening to people stand in queue lines or listening to people watch movies or animals and stuff like that is kind of pointless. But since I'm a big fan of pointless from time to time, as my digressions will attest to, I figure what the heck. If you'd rather see the animals than just listen to someone watching animals while a driver tries to describe them, be sure to check out the new Park Hopping Video Podcast, where the full video that goes along with this audio will be posted in iPod and Apple TV format. Search for it on iTunes or check out links on anothercrappypodcast.com, and I'll have more audio and video from the parks to share real soon. So the next time you're there, be sure to take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate... Eh. And if you want to drop me a note, my email address is podcast at disneyfans.com. If you'd rather use the... Dis no one's listening to this. They don't even get to the end. So uh, this has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 62, the Lost Kilimanjaro Safaris. Thanks for listening. There we go. I think, you know, I could go and do anything right now. I could probably, like, talk about the movie I saw. Okay, so um, what do we see? The new Pirates of the Caribbean movie, Part 3, liked it better than Part 2, thought it was cool. Uh, part 2 was good in its own way, but it was really silly and goofy and over the top. Part 3 was, you know, kind of good. I, so I'd probably rank them Part 1, then Part 3, then then Part 2, probably in that order, and um, stuff like that. Let's see, what else? I've been to a whole bunch of... Another Crappy uh, Podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting... <sighs> Podcasts. Hmm.